Hey guys, it's Mark here from ETF Tracker, and this is the ETF Tracker Show's Exchange Traded Fridays podcast. So if you're listening in, thank you for listening in, whether it's on Spotify or some other podcasting app or even off our website. And if you're watching this on YouTube, then uh, you get the advantage of getting to see some of the articles that we go through. So this newsletter goes out into your inbox for subscribers. So you have to subscribe. That's at www.etftracker.com.au. And if you do subscribe or become a member on the forum part of the website, then you're all in the running for uh, the weekly newsletter where we run down uh, what's happened in the ETF uh, markets uh, this week. So it's very interesting uh, times. This is the seventh week that we've been doing this. So we're starting to see some trends um, coming up and we'll definitely go through those in the show. So before we uh, jump along, let's get the, uh, the newsletter up. So if you're listening to this, uh, then what we have on screen is uh, basically the, the newsletter that goes out to people's inboxes. Or like I said, you can listen, uh, you can watch on YouTube and you can see all of this. And so in the local news this week, uh, the summary is that we mainly saw a lot of ESG type uh, news top the list of, um, for example, there were flows coming through and we get that news from ETF securities. So ESG type funds were at the top of that. So we'll take a look at that. And then we also saw some interesting articles uh, around um, a bit of a gray market in terms of ticker symbols. So ticker symbols are the identifiers for uh, whether it's ETFs or bonds or uh, stocks, anything that you're buying on an exchange has a code, whether it's three letters or four letters. So there's a bit of something about that um, in this Bloomberg article. So we'll take a look at that. And then the other part was that if you are interested in following along with uh, ETF market updates, whether from myself or from other uh, people that are in in that ETF kind of marketplace, Ausbiz has sections on their website for experts so that you can follow them. So if we click on this one here, uh, it takes us to the Ausbiz page. Now, if you're not logged in already, if you're not signed up, make sure you do, because there's a lot of great uh, content there. So here's some of the videos that um, that I have been in, uh, the ETF track is featured in. And you can also tag not just the expertise there, but you can also tag uh, different types of uh, investments or, or areas of the market that you're interested in. So whether it's active or passive ETFs, um, you might be interested in startups, there's other areas as well. So you can take a look at all of that. So that's in the For You page. So make sure that you, you take a look and there's all the other main areas like the companies and different kinds of things relating to companies there. They've got all these sections on markets. As you can see on screen, there's Australian listed, stock markets, global markets, commodities, top tech, property, etc. There's a lot of content there. Make sure that you sign up for that one. All right. So what's in the news this week? Uh, we usually have the same, well, usually, we always have the same uh, kind of structure uh, to the ET. Uh, the newsletter that comes out. So there's the local news. We look at global news. There's a couple of videos and podcasts. We look at a chart of the week. There's a bit on ETF education. Um, we have a tweet of the week uh, as well. And there's some app updates that we'll talk about today as well as uh, the ETF tracker forum and where you can listen and watch. All right. So first article off the bat is this one from Van Eck, which is interesting because it's about uh, ways that you can look into uh finding a good ESG fund um, for you. So in this article, the team goes through a couple of areas that investors should look at if they're interested in ESG. Um, they talk about greenwashing and what that is to how to screen as well as uh, credentials of the fund. So if we take a look at this particular article, so if you don't know already, Vanek is one of the main providers of ETFs here in Australia. 
And so they've got this three steps to finding an ESG fund. The summary is determine if your fund goes beyond your simple uh, exclusions, measure your fund's credentials using a free fund comparison tool, and then assess your fund's transparency. And so they go through here, uh, greenwashing. There's a great video here from Chevron um, on a commercial that they've got uh, and the Exxon Valdez kind of oil spill that happened in Alaska. So definitely something to, to be interested in. You, you can have these companies that rate um, for whatever kind of reason on the metrics as being green, but are they really kind of following through and doing that? So that's something to, to take a look at. Um, you've got to determine, they're saying here, if the investment goes beyond just simple exclusions, do they just do exclusions of fossil fuel and um, other kinds of uh, vice type metrics, or do they do more than just that? So definitely worth looking at here. So um, the other part is that they say that you should also take a look at uh, the free fund comparison tools that are out there. So MSCI. Um, they have these, uh, so MSCI fun fact is Morgan Stanley country indexes uh, or indices, and um, they're well known now for doing a variety of different industry as indices, um, and they do ESG type ratings as well. So if you click on this link, it takes us to the MISCI page, MSCI MISCI, however you want to call it. And I guess you can type in funds, so we can search for Vanek, and we can see all of these different Vanek type uh, funds. So let's take a look at VAP. Oh, sorry, uh, Van Heck Australia Property. I think it's VAP. It's actually our uh, ticker code MVA. Um, my mistake, but it gets a double A AA rating from Miski. And so there's a bit more on the details as to why uh, it gets that um, kind of information. But you can type in other funds there. I guess you could do it by ticker or the, the fund name. So definitely worth a look at with that one. Um, oops, let's go back to that article. The last step that they had in there. So this uh, first one, second one, um, looking at the free fund comparison tools and then assessing your fund's transparency. So uh, what should be readily available, they're saying from these different funds that you're looking at, is the, the carbon type or CO2 emissions reports. And so for the two funds that ESG, sorry, that Vanek have on ESG, uh, they've got ESGI and they've also got GRNV. And what they're saying is that they've got, um, for them, they've got the ESG and carbon metrics, as well as the ESGI sustainability impact report. And they've got that for both of their funds. So definitely something worth looking at there. So an interesting three steps. The next one uh, is on Kathy Wood. And this is from the AFR. So Kathy Wood's new ETF shuts out banking, fossil fuels and vice. So talking about the new ARK Investment Management's transparency ETF and the type of things that it screens out. And so we just spoke about greenwashing there and, and what kinds of things um, a fund might exclude. Um, so definitely when you see these things in the news, so in this case, it's ARK, it's good that you know we, we see more of these kind of uh, funds and, and um, companies going into ESG, right? But how are they doing it? So looking under the hood there. So it's just a short article from uh, the AFR and they're talking about the top 100 holdings here. Um, top 100 company gauge. It's largely tech and consumer firms such as Salesforce, Microsoft, Apple, Nike, Chipotle, um, and an old ARC favorite, uh, Tesla, which makes the cut. But in this ETF, apart from those ones that are there, they do exclude alcohol, banking, gambling, and oil and gas. So um, yeah, it's definitely something worth uh, looking at. Uh, if you're interested in ESG, because there are a lot of these funds that are out there and will have the label of ESG. 
and it's it's always good not just with the sg but just any etf to look under the hood um, you see all these like headline news things uh, that come out or something on twitter or instagram or someone's promoting a particular etf definitely just look under the hood and just make sure that what is going on in that etf is right for you okay and we'll talk a bit about a bit more about under the hood when i show you some new plans for etf tracker okay and then the next one is, uh, this is a cute one. So meet the seven-year-old investing in ETFs. Um, ETFs really are for everyone. Um, and in this one, it's with self-wealth uh, that is being used to, to get into ETF investing. So this one actually came out over the weekend, or actually late last week. So I missed it, but I thought this should still be included, right? So it missed the cutoff for me doing the recording. I didn't see this one um, that came out on the 26th when we did that show. Uh, but anyway... The point is, is that um, even an investor as young as seven is getting involved in ETF. So can you imagine what that is going to look like in terms of compound interest over that time? If um, anyone is older like myself and had a Dolomite account uh, and just putting that into savings, like sure, you got some percentage of interest there, definitely not market returns. Uh, I remember having term deposits and whatnot. I wish I could go back um, and, you know, get into ETFs, which uh, have that, you know, limited uh, downside risk because they are diversified. doesn't mean that things can't go down. We've seen Asia not do too well recently, but has been bouncing back. But yeah, definitely uh, worth looking at. And it's great that uh, investors can do that now. So in this one, uh, the father-son team that they've got here, so they're in Redland Bay, um, just made their first investment in ETF. They've gone pretty vanilla with VGS, which is the Vanguard Miski International um, Shares ETF. So uh, it's a $3 billion ETF, gives exposure to the widely tracked global share market index at a low, low cost of 18 basis points. So very interesting. I'd love to see you know, if they uh, hold and how long they, they you know, keep it there for and how that grows. And hopefully they just will continue to add more into that as, uh, as that boy gets older so yeah great to see um this kind of stuff and if you're uh, uh uh signed up to the afr lost for words there if you sign up to the afr and uh have access to the i think you can uh filter or you can you can sign up to different areas of the afr so there's a newsletter called wealth generation they've got a lot of uh articles on younger investors and how people that maybe didn't know about investing you know how they got started they might uh, be gym owners or they might be investors in property or they might be uh, just working and in whatever kind of space and they were just interested in growing their wealth and that's what the wealth generation uh, newsletters are all about so definitely worth checking out all right so another one back to uh speaking of millennials here we go business insider uh, millennials are now the largest buyers of etfs in australia not surprised um but good to see the uh research uh, validating or, or showing that that is what's going on in the data so in this one it is from state street and what they're saying is the easier access on trading apps the rise of influencers particularly females um, have helped spur this movement so let's take a look at this article from business insider um, so the highlights here uh, let's hopefully this ad does not load all right we'll just stop that one there Young investors are flooding into exchange-traded funds as a means of entering the market, it says. Women in particular have led the pack and are on track to hit parity with men by 2026, which is great. And uh, it has helped turn the investment product into a fast-growing $116 billion market. Update, it is 119, just a shade under $119 billion. So this is probably the numbers from 
I would say uh, July. So we had the August numbers out recently. Anyway, um, we'll get the uh, the sorry, we'll get the August numbers. So we this is the numbers for July that we got out in early August. There's always this like ten day kind of lag, but in early September, so uh, probably ten day sorry uh, seven days from now or so by the time you're hearing this by the tenth, we should have the latest ETF market updates and. When we have that, and uh, if we get to go on Ausbiz and give our market update, then yeah, definitely go to Ausbiz uh, and sign up so that you can see the charts that we'll show, the wrap up that we'll have, and we'll do a little bit of a wrap up here as well to go into more detail because we've only got a few minutes to talk on that show. So um, yeah, definitely worth looking at uh, uh, with you know ETFs and their their growth. So. What they're saying here is far from the stereotype of speculative day traders. Uh, young Australians are finding plenty to talk to, plenty to like about exchange traded funds. Between uh, 25 to 39 year olds, uh, millennials now represent almost half of all Australians investing in ETFs, according to the latest research by State Street Global Advisors. So it's the attraction to instant diversification. And a lot of people that are getting into the markets may hear about the risks, they might see that, um, is there a safer way? See so the ETFs are that safe way. And it's great, right? Because unlike stocks, you do have that limited um, kind of downside risk. You've got more protection from market impacts and you get to feel that experience of being uh, invested in the market because it's all nice and well to say, okay, I've, I'll see what a pretend, a pretend portfolio might look like and when it's just on paper and you don't actually have money at risk, it's a very different feeling from actually being invested and experiencing the ups and the downs and learning how to just have that um, kind of steady level of calm emotions when you might be inside like seeing losses and wanting to pull out and solidifying those losses. And there's a lot of great traders out there that can teach you all this kind of stuff. Um, there's a lot of great insights on YouTube and Investopedia and, and many other sources, but at least with ETFs, it's really great to see that uh, in young investors are jumping in uh, on that bandwagon and experiencing what it's like to be invested in the market and it's helping the overall market grow. So it's, it's just a great thing, okay? So the article goes on uh, with more details there and facts talks about young women leading on ETFs and uh, talks about a couple of the influences that are out there in the market. So the rise of the young and female investor in Australia is already having significant consequences of financial, as financial advice becomes increasingly accessible online, spurring the proliferation of young, largely female financial influences on platforms like TikTok. So hopefully the advice that you are getting, if you are getting it from uh, social media, you do take a lot of that with your own kind of research and understanding of the markets as well. And don't just blindly go in and hopefully you learn how to separate those that are, are genuinely trying to give really good advice um, versus those that are just trying to sell you something. So something worth looking at. All right, so that is the Business Insider article. Let's jump to this one from the Sydney Morning Herald's opinion column. And this one is on which global share uh, ETFs can you buy? Here's a few options. <clears throat> and this is interesting because in the article, they go through a couple of the different uh, types of global uh, equity ETFs that you can buy. There's plenty more. They list a few here. So VGS, WXOZ, and IOO. So VGS is the Vanguard Misky Index International Shares ETF, which we mentioned above that the uh, young family, uh, the young boy and his father had bought. In 2WXOZ is the Spider S&P World X Australia ETF. So if you already have, say, Australian uh, exposure to some ETFs and you want to get 
something uh, more global and maybe not necessarily US, then you can definitely go into the WXOZ one and then IOO, which is the iShares Global 100 ETF. Uh, we'll take a look at this article now. So I think I'm still on my, uh, yeah. So I think they, they do have a limit with some of these websites as to how much you can see uh, for free. So uh, in this one, they take a look at of the more than 200 ETF listed on the Australian exchange, only a handful met the desired criteria of the author. So they were looking at global shares passively tracked um, with an index, so not wanting the active management, not being aimed at a particular sector and not targeting at any uh, other factors, um, including perceived sustainability, quality or growth uh, prospects. So they just wanted global, um, not focus on a theme or a particular sector or factors, which is basically what uh, the rest of equity kind of ETFs are looking at. And that's interesting because, you know, the, the interesting point there is that when people buy into a tech ETF or a healthcare ETF or something else, um, or even like a factor like quality, you're making a decision about the markets. You're making a call that that is the type of investment like value, you know, that's been doing well so far or an oil ETF you're making a choice that that is the type of ETF that you want to be in. Whereas uh, a lot of the point of ETFs, which were built on the back of uh, index uh, funds is to just track indexes and not make those choices just by the index. And so there are a few of these ETFs that uh, track that. And there's a, there's a couple more that you can find in ETF tracker. So um, definitely worth taking a look. So they go through the funds here. Um, what is in BGS, for example, it's got, uh, 68% is US-based Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, all the usual suspect names. Um, it's got 1,500 companies, so you definitely diversified there, uh, which is great. Uh, what does Spider cover? Again, it's 1,500, and uh, it is everything except Australian large and mid-cap uh, companies. So that gives you that exposure outside of Australia. And then there's the iShares Global, uh, and that one covers 100 multinational blue chip companies of major importance in global equity markets. So definitely worth taking a look at there. And there's more details in this article. So check that one out. And then finally, uh, in the local news, we wrap up as we uh, have continued to do so for the last couple of weeks with ETF Securities Weekly Monitor. So for the week ending the 27th of August. And so what was really interesting here in this uh, regard was the fund flows. So. You have to download it, so you click on the links, you follow that through. Um, you can pick other weeks as well if you wanna see what's happened in other weeks. But I wanna focus on um, the fund flows monitor here. And so they, if, you, if you've seen this already, you already know the format, but they start off with weekly in the first column, then it's year to date, and then it is the last 12 months. And what was interesting was that last week, um, EFI, which is the beta shares, uh, global sustainability leaders, ETF that had the most amount of inflows of all ETFs, of all the 237, I think, or maybe there's 239 now because a couple of new ones listed in, in August. So we'll talk about those. Um, that was the one that had the most, so 25.6 million in the week. And the one that's had the most year to date is um, VAS, uh, which is the Vanguard Australian Shares Index ETF. Follow, and that's had $944 million worth of inflows year to date. And that's followed by the Vanguard Miski Index International series of ETFs, which is V, sorry, ETF, VGS, so VAS and VGS. And then the third 
on the list is actually Epi. So not only was it leading in the, the previous week, but it was also the highest in terms of the year to date. So that's had $460 million worth of flows coming through in the year 2021. Now, interestingly enough, um, IESG, which is another new uh, type of ETF that tracks ESG, this is from iShares, that was the third uh, highest at 22.4. And then be, uh, around that, it is A200, STW, IVV, and IOZ. And those are the usual suspects, which are in those broad kind of indices that are being tracked. So they don't pick a particular kind of sector or a theme. They just cover the whole of an industry, whether it's the uh, ASX or other kinds of markets. Uh, S&P 500, for example. And then after that, it was ACDC, which is another name we're seeing quite a lot more often um, uh, uh, investors parking their money into. So buying on that lithium and battery tech kind of trade, which is popular. So definitely worth a look at. They talk about uh, that there's articles, sorry, there are tables in there, which also show um, the uh, performance as well. And uh, yeah, so it's flows and performance and more. So definitely take a look at that. Let's take a look at the global articles. And we mentioned this one at the start, which is a Bloomberg article uh, entitled Hunt for Hottest Tickers Creates a New Grey Market on Wall Street. So this one came out last week, late last week after the weekly wrap up. Uh, but I think it's still something that should be included here. It's a great article showing that the more memorable the ticker name, the more likely it is to see success and inflows with investors. A good ticker name can be great for marketing, but it's not necessarily the only thing an ETF issuer needs to have. So let's take a look at this one here from Bloomberg. You can sign up as we have, uh, so that we can see all of these articles rather than hit the, I think it's like three, three uh, article limit per month. So if you wanna get around that, sign up. I think they've got a great deal on at the moment. We are not sponsored, so <laughs> don't think that. Um, in this case here, uh, they start off talking about a ticker called Meme, M-E-M-E. -E. And um, as you can imagine, that's going to be something that might uh, attract a lot of interest from issuers that would want that meme. And there's a market for that kind of thing. And the research shows that uh, basically stocks and tickers that are actual English words, they say here, they enjoy advantages like lower spreads, greater liquidity, which is what you want. You, you don't want the opposite because if you've got something, anything, not just an ETF, but any kind of asset that is um, traded that has high spreads and the spread is between the bid and the ask. So how far are the buyers and sellers away from each other in terms of price to come to a deal? The lower it is, the easier something's gonna get traded and then greater liquidity. So it's got that volume there and it's, it's well traded. So if you've got something that has low liquidity, and it's got a high spread. If in emergency you need to get out, it's gonna be a lot harder. So um, what they're saying here in this research, and you can click to go to that further kind of research, um, you are gonna be able to see with these types of, uh, whether it's English name tickers or just tickers that are more memorable, you, you're gonna see advantages if you have stuff like that. And so they go into looking at, for example here, um, it's two different solar ETFs. So one is from Invesco, the other one is from Van Eck. The Invesco one is ticker TAN, T-A-N. The Van Eck one is ticker KWT. 
and any guesses as to which one, if you're listening in, because um, if you're watching, you can see this quite clearly, but if you're listening in, um, the one that had the common name, tan, which goes with solar and sun and getting a tan and we're coming into summer over here, that has had far more inflows than um, the one that's called KWT. So it's definitely interesting. Even though they probably track the same kind of uh, underlying assets, and so buying one, you should get the performance of the other, but in terms of where investors are parking their money, um, we track inflows here at the ASX as well. So these are global ones that they're, they're talking about, US-based ETFs. Um, what they're finding is that more money is going into those that have uh, a more memorable kind of ticker. So there's a couple more they talk about here, cruise, B-O-A-T uh, for uh, a, another kind of uh, travel ETF, um, crop, um, trip as well. So there's a table that they show here, a couple of different um, sector focused ETFs. So there's a smart transport um, sector ETF and the first ticker they look at in comparison of a, a first and a second ticker. So the first one is Moto, um, M-O-T-O. The next one is Drive, D-R-I-V. And arguably, both of those in the motor and transport kind of industry um, are both kind of good names, right? Moto is related to motor, related to transport. DRIV is like drive, um, but DRIV has far more assets under management. We call it FUM here, funds under management. I think we're the only country that does that, but um, it's AUM everywhere else. Now, the correlation thing is interesting because they show part of this table that Moto and DRIV are 93% correlated. And whether that is based on all of the underlying holdings or it's based on just the share price returns of both of those uh, ETFs, um, it's interesting that they're both highly correlated and yet one achieves far more success than the other. Uh, the table goes through a couple of other ones here like um, bio threat and treatment. So one is called virus, the other one is called germ. And uh, in this case, Germ wins uh, gaming and there's uh, Gamer, uh, G-A-M-R, and Hero. And Hero, um, being the far more memorable name, I guess, there, is bigger than Gamer. Uh, there's one here in Australia called Espo from their neck as well. So E-S-P-O for eSports. So definitely one worth looking at. That's actually growing quite fast. Blockchain, um, there is low carbon type uh, sectors, there's space exploration, that one's interesting. So one is uh, R-O-K-T, rocket, and the other one is just UFO. So just three letters. Uh, UFO gets more inflows, even though they're both quite closely correlated at 83%. So there's more details here um, on these types of ETFs and performance. And it's not just about the name, it also has to do with the marketing and and how these uh, ETFs are made useful and talked about in front of investors. So does what catches the attention, but definitely the argument is that um, having something of a good and memorable ticker name does help. So worth looking at. The next one here is from ETF database. And in this one, it is uh, called ETFs versus mutuals and active versus passive, the switch with ARK Invest. So this one's interesting because I actually talk with ARK Invest, not Kathy Wood, uh, but one of the, I think it's portfolio manager there. So there's a video that plays here, so you can watch the video and the accompanying article. In this case, it is Ren Leggy, client portfolio manager for ARK Invest. 
and ETF Trends uh, CEO Tom Lydon and CIO Dave Nadick, and they both talk about, um, as we said in the uh, the topic there, uh, mutuals, uh, ETFs versus mutual funds, and active versus passive. And what we've seen over the last couple of uh, weeks has been a lot more flows, or even just this year, more ETFs that are actively managed and more flows um, going to them than ever before. So they talk about the draw of ETFs, about their transparency, tax efficiency, liquidity, and how that plays into favor for investments like ARK and what they have. And we mentioned uh, just up above that ARK is uh, going to, to add some more types of uh, ETFs, the transparency ETF and what that's screening out, for example. So they go through the perks of active management here as well. So not all ETFs are just passively managed. There are some that are active managed. And even though there has been underperformance uh, on average, there are still those that outperform. And unlike tracking an index, the active managed ones are built to outperform. So there is more of that upside, but you do take that risk because they haven't all outperformed. So it's not a guarantee, nothing in life kind of is, but yeah, definitely worth shedding a light on, definitely worth a read of this article. Or like I said, if you want to listen, you can um, click on the YouTube uh, video there and take a listen to that one. All right. So the, the next two, Bloomberg traders sour on clean energy as bets against Invesco ETF surge. So in this one, it's uh, about data that shows that the short bets against some clean energy ETFs were on the rise and investors might be concerned about the ability for these ETFs to deliver. This is a buying opportunity or one to avoid. This is another one from Bloomberg. So hopefully um, if you are on the free version of Bloomberg, you haven't exhausted your uh, subscription of that uh, for the free articles that you get each month. But in any way, uh, in any case, sorry, the cash leaks from ETFs and solar industry faces supply chain issues and short interest in Invesco fund almost hits uh, 10%. And so this is talking about one of the ETFs that we had just mentioned, which is TAN. Uh, and so there is, with the green industry uh, facing all manner of logistical snafus, you can look up what snafu means. Um, I'm not gonna say it here. As many as 9.9% of outstanding shares in the $3 billion solar ETF TAN were on loan to short sellers this week. So there are those that are out there that track short interest in ETFs um, and short interest, uh, you've got to borrow those funds. And so they can see uh, what is out on loan and they've seen that increasing. So up to 10% of outstanding shares for this one. Uh, and that's the highest level since April when short interest reached 10.1% just before the fund slumped 25%. So definitely worth looking at if you're invested in uh, global type ETFs. And it talks about here uh, why investors may be souring on solar type ETFs, whether it's to do with freight costs and supply chain and other logistical headaches um, or the tensions between the US and China. Okay, so worth a look at there. Uh, ETFs do experience these kind of slumps. They don't all just go up. So yeah, definitely one to watch out for if you're invested in that global ETF. And then the last one here is Financial Times. Uh, it's about the ETF pioneer, uh, Bill Grossman, urges asset managers to adopt direct indexing. So this is a look at the next innovations that are expected to come to the world of ETFs, thanks to market structures enabling the low cost of access to building customized funds. And so, this one is interesting because we're always uh, after, sorry, it's Blake Grossman, I called him Bill, my apologies. Um, it 
it's always interesting to see the types of innovations. So we're seeing more ESG, we're seeing the talk of Bitcoin type ETFs, active management on the rise, the conversions as well of ETFs going from whether they're an LIC or an LIT um, kind of entity, or they're a closed ended fund completely going to that active side because um, the ETF vehicle, that wrapper has just proven to be a far more um, attractive kind of vehicle for investors. And so obviously where demand goes, there's going to be more of this supply coming through. So that will just propel the market upwards. Um, we'll see how it traverses, uh, you know, over the next couple of weeks, months and years. Um, but in this case, Blake Roseman, who worked at Barclays Global Investors for more than two decades, um, they help, he helped them build uh, iShares, basically. So he was the CEO of that um, from 2002. And he's talking about direct indexing, which is this latest trend um, to form a bespoke off-the-shelf investment that's been a niche way for the ultra-wealthy uh, to challenge asset managers. And so we can take a look at this. So they relink uh, over here to another Financial Times article, and it's about asset managers uh, prepare for investor shift bespoke equity portfolios. And so there's more of this information about what they mean by that, but it's to do with this idea that there's a lot of low cost ways to buy um, different uh, assets. And so there's gonna be more customization coming for the world of ETFs. So definitely worth a look at the article and the offshoot articles that it goes into. Um, but yeah, this all just seems to add up to more choices for investors and just better transparency over what it is that you can buy. So hopefully we see some of those global innovations coming here to Australia. And here's a look at that article that we just showed um, in the image, which was the uh, gray market on Wall Street for uh, meme type ETFs. And the meme ETF is something that uh, is coming. Uh, we'll go to the videos now, and we've got a few here from Ausbiz. And the first one here is from Kanish at ETF Securities. He discusses the new semiconductor ETF that they've just launched called Semi. And when it launched this week, it had a $5 million trading uh, day. So that's great for a first run. So when you click on that one, it takes you to the Ausbiz um, videos. And if you're not signed up, I think you can only watch the first couple of seconds of the video before it asks you to sign up, but it's a really easy sign up process. So make sure you do. And as you can see here, there's a description of what's going on in the video, but you can also listen and watch the video. And if uh, you're interested, they've now got this new kind of feature where you can click on the uh, people that are featured in this video. In this case, it's Kanish. Um, and you can click to follow that. And as a member of Ausbiz, when you go to your uh, For You page, you will see all of those different uh, people that you want to track and other experts. And you will also get to see all of the topics that you want to track. So in this case, um, Kanish is talking about the new semiconductor ETF that they just launched. It is ETF ticker SEMI, S-E-M-I. And um, yeah, just how successful that was. So if you're looking at uh, ways to get exposure to the semiconductor dynamics, um, whatever kind of bet that you've got on uh, the market there, uh, as especially as there's a shortage going on right now, then definitely worth a look at for that one. So the next one is Cameron from BetaShares. And this one, the article, so the video is titled Tailwinds Plus Tech equals terrific reporting season results. And so that was from a few days ago. Coming from BetaShares shows the inflows coming into tech-focused ETFs, especially after the great result from tech companies like WiseTech and Appen. So when you click on that one there, 
you've got a few more experts and companies tagged in this video so you can even follow a particular company. So if you're interested on Ausbiz in WiseTech alone or Appen or Afterpay, et cetera, then definitely worth, uh, if you haven't logged in for a while or if you've never signed up, signing up and tagging those things because it just makes news easier for you, okay? So in this case, um, the video goes through those companies and just how to play that from a ETF perspective. And then we've got another one from Ausbiz. In this case, it's uh, Van Eck and Damon Gozen over there shows that 75% of flows into ETFs for August so far have gone to international equities. <clears throat> and we see this uh, whenever we look at the data that comes out each month, whether we look at the data that is there historically in ETF tracker that the majority goes to equity type ETFs followed by fixed income. And of those equity ones, the majority goes to global uh, ETFs. That's where most of the funds are flowing. So worth a look there. Now we'll jump to this one here from CNBC. Um, it's a video from ETF Edge. It's a highlight video, so it's not the full episode. It's just a quick video on, uh, well, first of all, the title is ETFs can provide downside protection as markets climb higher. And so in this quick video, um, they've got Dave Nadig of ETF Trends chatting with Paul Kim at Simplify ETFs, as well as CNBC's Bob Bassani to talk about um, the best ETFs to be in right now to protect against the risk that markets experience a downturn. So there are those on both sides of the aisle, one side saying that markets will just continue to trend along upwards and some that think the bubble is about to burst. But whatever the case, if there is that downside risk, um, how do you protect yourselves with ETFs? And so this is a short snapshot. It's only three minutes of the full episode, but the full episode is down in the podcast section of this newsletter. So we'll take a look at that. Um, the Compound, one of my favorite shows, is uh, they, they've got two in this week's uh, episode um, list for us. And the first one is Bitcoin is a limited supply of nothing. What are your thoughts? And so this week in the Compound, they run through Bitcoin views from billionaires as well as retail investors and the myth that millennials are not seeking financial advice. The short answer is that they are seeking advice. And that's great for the guys that do the Compound because that's the game that they play. They're wealth advisors. Um, they jump into whether PayPal will get into trading and become a fintech super application. So if you didn't already know that and haven't seen the news, um, PayPal is going to jump into that trading space. And they make some interesting arguments and, and chatter in this episode of The Compound because if you think about it, like if um, someone's already got your kind of banking uh, details and, and savings details, if it just makes life easier for you to fund your trading um platform and trading activities and you can do it all in sort of like a one-stop shop it's quite a good thing but there's a bit of pros and cons to that there's a bit of back and forth in the video so definitely worth checking out and then this other one is um the end of week show that they have which is called animal spirits i think they're taking a break on that this week but i include last week's one because it's quite interesting there they did, uh, they talk about cryptos and NFTs. So if you're interested in that, definitely worth looking at. But they also start talking about um, how to get started working in financial markets and the experience that they had. So if anyone here is uh, a newbie investor or is in another industry and wanting to get into financial markets, even though what they're talking about is the US experience, there are some things that still apply here. So definitely worth looking at. All right, so we'll get to the podcasts and First one off the bat is from the Equity Mates fellas. And this one is uh, the Expert Investor series. And it's an ETF focused one. So it was really exciting. They are speaking with Graham Tuckwell, 
uh, a pioneer of the ETF revolution, and he really is. If you don't know who he is, uh, he helped start, or he did start um, ETF securities. I don't remember if it's as a co-founder or if he started on his own, but either way, being there very early on in the world of ETFs here in Australia. And a fun fact is that uh, the first gold ETF uh, was started by ETF Securities and Graham and team. So definitely worth listening into. He's got a lot of great stories. Um, the boys start off with a you know, uh, call uh, for all of their guests, overrated, underrated. And so worth looking at what his thoughts are on some of those. So check that one out. Um, ETF Prime is up next. And in this case, it's New York Stock Exchange, Douglas Jones on active ETFs, ESG and Bitcoin. And in this one, they... The team there chats with um, Douglas about the growth of active ETFs as well as and uh, the ESG prospects and a bit of Bitcoin um, ETF chatter as well. That's an hour long episode, so make sure you've got some time for that. Or maybe you need to play that at like a one and a half times speed to get through it a bit more efficiently. And then another one which is always great and each week we listen to this one, it's from ETF Edge and CNBC. Uh, hedging against interest rate and volatility risk. And um, you can see the description from the ETF Edge video that we had above. Um, so this one here, which is the short video and this description, basically what we've got here in the podcast is the full show. Okay, so that one's 27 minutes. And then another one we list here is a show called What the Flux. And What the Flux is a local business-based news show Every day there are videos. They're about six minutes long, so nice and digestible. I don't know what time they come out, uh, but yeah, it's something that is really interesting if you're interested in local news snapshots. Uh, the example here is Adore Beauty's first profit ever. Crown loses $261 million. TikTok equals Facebook, Snap follower now. Um, so not ETF related specifically, but it does talk about the companies that ETFs have in their holdings. So it is related in a way. Um, so for example, they talk about Adore Beauty, which is held in the ATEC ETF um, owned by BetaShares. It's a very small percent, only 0.13%. But they also mention things like Crown as well, which appears in a lot more. And as you can see below, we show a chart here from one of our ETF um, kind of holdings tools. So we've got six of these. And they're six separate ones because the data that we get from the ETF issuers is in different formats and different names for tickers and different names for security holdings. So we don't have it all in the one app. We've got to do some cleanup before we can do that cross uh, ETF issuer comparison. But for now, what people can do is they can go to the holdings analysis tools section on our site. I'll just take us there right now. And when you go there, um, so this is all free to access. Uh, we've got the th uh, six ETF providers here um, on the page. So there's BetaShares, iShares, State Street, ETF Securities, Van Eck, and Vanguard we recently added. So let's jump to Vanguard, which is right at the bottom of the page. I've got some page navigations here so you can scroll back up to the top of the menu if you wanted to restart that. But as I mentioned, you can do things like search holdings. So we've got the ticker name there for the holding. In this case, we're interested in Crown, and it's uh, I'm not sure if it's Crown Holdings or Crown Resorts, but if you're interested in both, they've got both here, Crown Holdings and Resorts, and you can see which ETFs of Vanguard hold those. So there's VAS, VGS, and VHY, very small percentages. We can go to Van Eck as well, and we can go to the Search Holdings tab. We can type in Crown as well, 
look up Crown Resorts and we can see that's an MVE and MVW. Let's go to ETF securities. We can go search holdings and we can type in, oh, sorry, we'll go to not the ticker, but we'll type in the component name. We'll look for Crown. They don't have anything named Crown, not even from overseas either. Uh, State Street, do they have Crown? We can look that one up. Um, Crown Resorts Limited. So they've got that in STW iShares, uh, let's look at the holdings and then we'll do beta shares after that. And so Crown Resorts uh, is in IOZ and IVE. And then finally, we search for Crown in the holdings of beta shares and Crown Resorts. We can see that it is in a few. There's A200, AUST, X20, Gear and QOZ. So even though they are in this, these separate kind of tools on ETF tracker for now, um, as I said, we'll work to, to get them all into one, but at least on this one page, you can just scroll through and search for ETFs that way, or search for holdings and see which ETFs they're held in. So if you're after a particular company, then you can do, do it that way, or you can click on uh, the search ETF section and compare ETFs to see how similar the holdings are within those. So that one is worth a look at as well. The tweet of the week is interesting. This time it is from Matt Levine over at Bloomberg. Um, the tweet that he's got links to an article, uh, it's an opinion piece from Bloomberg on Robinhood and its order flow issues. And so if you didn't know about payment for order flow, there's plenty of videos now, especially after the GameStop saga that happened at the start of the year. Um, but they uh, at Robinhood had 80% of their revenues as coming from uh, payment for order flow. And in this article talks about how Robinhood is looking to branch out into other areas so that they're not so just um, focused on payment for order flow and the SEC might stop payment for order flow. So there's all these kinds of risks that they're looking to diversify. It'll be interesting if they're able to do it, but definitely worth a look at as well. All right, the chart of the week. And so in this one, um, I wanted to highlight, it's not something that's in the app right now, but it will be coming very, very soon. This is new ETF snapshots and ETF tracker. And so we got a lot of feedback on the latest app that is up on the website right now, including um, how to make the menu a little bit better, make things clearer, what uh, features uh, investors wanted. And also from us being in various Facebook and Reddit groups and just talking to other people about ETFs, what uh, we've noticed, what we've noticed is that a lot of people will want to um, get a rating of a particular ETF and see how that looks from a data perspective. Or maybe they don't even know that there is ETF data out there that can help them judge um, what it is that they might feel about like that ETF. Is it a positive um, investment that they wanna take in that ETF or do they wanna hold off? Well, you can take a look at that with the data. And so we've got these ETF snapshots the metrics are going to cover things like um, returns, the size of the ETF, which is an indicator of popularity as well, ETF transactions that have been occurring. Um, so it's things like trades and um, transaction volumes and value, the tradability of an ETF. So we look at the bid ask spread and liquidity. And we mentioned that earlier, you want to see at most uh, things that are uh, liquid and so they're well traded and have lower bid ask spreads because it does make it easier to trade whether you want to buy more or you want to get out of that ETF or whatever investment it is. So definitely worth looking at. And we also look at uh, a quality kind of rating. In this case, it's via distribution yield. And we also look at costs, which are shown by a management expense ratios. 
And if you couple those six factors that we've got there, plus the holdings tools that we've got, there's probably more that can be done. There's a lot of quantitative analytics that we can do there, but just as a getting started, if you just learn to understand those kind of six areas and then learn to look under the hood of ETFs, then like I said, you can do that. And I showed that you can do that with ETF trackers tools, or you can do that yourself as well. But if you combine all of those, it'll just give you a better understanding. You're going to be armed with better tools to know what's going on in the markets. And so the example I've got here on screen, so if you're listening in, switch to YouTube and uh, you know take a look, but I've got this uh, page, this new proposed page for ETF tracker where we just make it easy with a simple one single dropdown where you can look up all of the different 200 plus ETFs by their ticker code, or you can click on the search button and type it in. You're interested in Robo or PM Gold or um, LNAS, which is a leveraged uh, NASDAQ play or IOZ. In this case, we're looking at Asia. And what's on the page here is a bit of details about the fund. And so this is the BetaShares Asia Technology Tigers ETF. It's provided by BetaShares. It's in the Equity Asia category. And we also list what its benchmark is as well. And there's a description which goes through what uh, the fund is about. So if you didn't already know, in this case, Asia aims to track the performance of an index before fees and expenses comprising the 50 largest technology and online retail stocks in Asia x Japan. Um, that includes technology giants such as Alibaba, Tencent, Baidu, and JD.com. And the first chart that we've got here, oh, sorry, and I'll continue. The, the other features in the description are that you can jump directly to the fund's website. And so we've linked all of those. And so we go to the BetaShares page for um, Asia where you can see some more details there. And then something that we've got on the website to do uh, price comparisons, but we've also added now to the ETF tracker tool is that you can jump directly to the Google Finance page. And the reason for that is that Google Finance keeps up-to-date pricing on their website. And so with ETF tracker, we only have pricing um, as given by the monthly uh, returns updates that are published by the exchanges. So they are a little bit stale. So for example, last month, we saw that gold was doing really well in uh, the month of July when the August uh, details came out. But in that first 10 days of August, uh, gold prices had dropped significantly. And so using ETF tracker, you can actually see how a fund is doing um, up to date with Google Finance. And so we list all of those. So instead of you having to type in and search for all of that, you can simply come here to ETF tracker, search for a particular ETF. And like I said, you've got the fund website that's linked there as well as the Google Finance page. So hopefully that's valuable. We've done a little bit of homework and legwork there for you. All right, and so the six uh, the six kind of metrics that are here. Um, the first one is returns, and we can see here um, cumulative returns. And then we've got a couple of these other um, tiles, but the idea is that with these tiles where there are further charts, in this case, um, you can click on uh, the link on the top of that tile and it takes you to another page which shows more details about performance and returns, some more metrics. It breaks it down into the monthly kind of returns. We can see here that the dip was caused by a negative 13% um, return for Asia in the month of uh, July. And so we'll see what that ha what happens to that. I don't think it's going to be as bad because we've seen from Google Finance what some of the numbers are so we can keep up to date there. Um, and if you want to go back, there's a back button here, but if you're interested in size, so we show net inflows on the main tile, 
but when we go to the uh, page with more details you can also see funds under management as well as as a description about size and where we don't have um, those uh, navigations to more detailed charts we've got this information button here so for quality we've only got the distribution yield type charts from the asx and triax and so if you just hover over the i button what it shows here is a description of what is going on in that chart. In this case, dividend yield is some of the dividends for this ETF over a 12 month period divided by the share price at the time. So that changes over the months. And we do the same thing for management expense ratios too. So something worth a look at, but yeah, so this is the chart of the week because this is a new feature that's coming out. We're still working on uh, a couple more things here, such as the new landing page and dashboards. Um, but yeah, if you want to get to this, there'll be a new option called single ETF where you can, like I said, just go to the single dropdown and pick whatever ETF um, and just see what all of those different ones look like in terms of the data. So definitely worth a look out there. And um, accessing, oh, sorry, further ETF education. So something that came up in the last couple of weeks was a YouTube channel called New Money. And they've got something there on five things to do uh, sorry, five things to know before buying an ETF. And so um, they look at this kind of uh, what what areas people should look at. So costs, tax implications, returns, expectations, and what are you getting invested in? So definitely worth a look at that video if you're looking for further ETF education. All right, and so accessing the ETF tracker apps. If you're already signed up, you can go to the website and you can see things like the holdings apps. And so, like I said, we've added Vanguard to the list of tools there. So now that we have BetaShares, ETF Securities, iShares, VanEck, and State Street, we cover over 170 different ETFs um, that show their holdings in Australia. So if you take out the active ETFs, there's probably about 200 out of the 240 or so that um, are passive. And out of that 200, we cover about 170 of those. And so definitely check out our website if you're looking at doing ETF holdings uh, comparisons, okay? And then there's the ETF Tracker Forum where we're getting more users every day signing up and asking questions in there. And we are posting some interesting articles and videos that we see that also go into the newsletter. So definitely check that out too. And if you want to listen or watch, like I said, we are available and you're probably listening or watching this on YouTube or Spotify, um, but you can also go to the podcast page on the ETF Tracker website. And yeah, that is it. So uh, that is a wrap. If you're interested in any uh, other ETF news, or if you want to make some suggestions about things you want to see in the ETF tracker apps and resources, feel free to reach out to us. We're here to help you. And uh, yeah, wish you luck on your ETF journey. Till next Friday, I'm Mark. This is the ETF Tracker and the ETF Tracker Show. Happy investing. I'll see you later. Take care. Bye.